0: Hello and welcome back to MedTalks. In this new series we'll be providing you with all the information you need to survive in your first year of being a doctor. I'm Dr. Ravina Bannott, I'm a junior doctor working in the NHS. Today I'll be giving you my 10 top tips on how to run a ward round. We will go through each step and then I'll summarise at the end. So you've just completed six or five years of medical school. So you probably should know what a ward round is by now. However, just in case you missed out on a few days in hospital, or you're not really quite sure what a ward round really is, I'll tell you anyway. A ward round is where the medical team or the surgical team go and see all the patients under the consultant's care. This is usually something that happens every day. Ideally, it would be made up of a whole host of professionals, being a consultant, registrar, SHO, F1, even senior nurses should be by the bedside if possible. In practice, this isn't always the case, due to how busy the wards can get and the overwhelming workload. Sometimes it may even just be you running the ward round, it may be an FY1-led ward round. However, don't panic. We're here to prepare you for whatever you may face. Having a nurse present during your ward round really helps to support the patient to articulate their views and preferences. If a nurse is unable to be present, update the nurse on key decisions that are made on the ward round after, just so that everyone's on the same page. Now, the secret is despite being the most junior person on the team, it's the F1 That runs the ward round. The more organised you are the quicker the ward round goes and things get done quicker. If you know your patients, if you have things like the notes prepared with all the relevant information that the consultant or most senior person in your team needs to see like scans, blood results, recent tests then the consultant just needs to quickly scan all of this information very quickly and see the patient. From my experience This is much better than the consultant using the computer systems and going through masses of tests to look at x-ray results and bloods themselves. You'll probably be more computer savvy than your seniors. Eventually, as you get used to your job, you'll realise you'll be able to navigate between different programmes quicker than they can. Let's start from the beginning. Let's go through the routine of a typical day. You walk onto the ward and you should familiarise yourself with all things that you need. Are things computer based? or are they paper-based? Some hospitals are a mixture of both, so make sure you have the login details for all the systems you need. You can do this by speaking to the ICT department, who you can contact via switchboard. It's usually important to make sure that you've got this sorted before you start on your first day. When you enter the ward, ask the charge nurse or the senior sister about what's happened during the night. Remember, the nurses are invaluable because they know the patients much better than doctors generally do. They have more contact time and know more than just the medical stuff. They know if they've been eating and drinking and sleeping, or if they've been going to the toilet or not communicating, which the doctors don't always know during their snapshot of the ward round. Also, the nurses will be with them throughout the night. Generally, I ask if they've had any problems or concerns with any of their patients during the night when I get there in the morning. I ensure that I've printed out and have access to the patient list on the ward. This is usually online, and again, make sure you have access to it. You can then jot down any concerns from the evening before or the night and raise it on the ward round. Next, you need to prepare the notes before the consultant arrives. So what do we mean by prepare? This means to get the most up-to-date blood test results, usually from the day before, look to see if any recent investigations have been done, like chest x-rays, echocardiograms, CTs, and print out the results or write down the main findings in the notes. We go through the details of documentation and note-taking on the ward round in another episode. To summarise so far, you've entered the ward, you've spoken to the senior sister to see if any problems occurred, you've printed out a patient list, and now you've prepared the notes. So, Usually there's a team of you, so we've moved on to step four, which is delegate jobs. When you have a team, it's great to distribute the work on the ward round beforehand. For example, one person scribes in the notes, one person looks on the computer for any recent investigations, and one person looks through the drug chart and prescribes. This helps to aid efficiency and ensures the ward round runs smoothly. Step four, seeing the patient generally we see the sick patients first and the patients that haven't been seen by the consultant yet so these are generally the new patients that have just entered the ward we call this post taking if the sick patient is likely to be covid positive then you want to limit exposure to the patient the consultant may only wish to do essential tasks like examining the chest some consultants will only examine if necessary and not carry out the full review of systems If examining the patient every day is unlikely to change the management of the patient, then it's futile to keep re-exposing yourself to a COVID positive patient. Of course, you need to ensure that they are being looked after and have the optimum care with the best treatments available for them. When you go and see the patient, you as the F1 will generally have to document the conversation that's been had with the patient. You need to ensure the patient's perspective is heard And their wishes and concerns are written down so that everyone is on the same page, literally. It's important the patient understands what's going on with their own care. Test results will need to be explained. And whilst on the ward round, it's not always possible to explain everything. So you may have to go back after the ward round's done to explain this to the patient. Just as a side note, you are normally the person that will have to draw the curtains around every patient in the bay to ensure that it's fully closed and that you maintain patient confidentiality as much as possible. You as an F1 should know where your patients are located. Your patients may not always be on the same ward. You may have outliers in different places in the hospital. Record taking is super important as it ensures there's continuity of care between all the healthcare professionals that are looking after the patient. Next step of the ward round is medicine reconciliation. This can be done during the ward round or after the ward round. Medicine reconciliation is where you optimise a patient's medications. The aim is to ensure the right person is getting the right choice of medication at the right time. The aim is to improve outcomes, to ensure that the medicine is taken correctly and not taken unnecessarily. Drug charts must be reviewed by doctors for each patient during the ward round. And drugs that are no longer required should be stopped because, as you know, there are side effects and risks of taking any medication. If the pharmacist is available, they may also wish to join the ward round to review the drug chart and check the VTE prescription or review a patient's medication. However, this doesn't always happen as they are also very busy people. Next thing to consider is that whilst you're on the ward round, you need to tap everyone. KEP means Treatment Escalation Plan. This means that a plan has been made about how much treatment a patient may receive if they deteriorate, i.e. are they for CPR or would it not be beneficial for them? In elderly frail patients with multiple comorbidities, there will usually be a ceiling of care. It may be decided that CPR would not be in their best interests, in which case a DNAR CPR decision needs to be made with the patient or next of kin. Once a decision is made, a form needs to be signed in order for it to be validated. It's your job on the ward round to make sure that if this is the case, the legal document is filled out properly and signed in all the correct places. Alongside the treatment escalation plan, it's integral to know about discharge planning. The patient should be included in any decisions to do with their discharge, including where they're going to be discharged, when and who with. Setting an estimated date of discharge with a multidisciplinary team with input from the physiotherapist, the occupational therapist and social care as well as the nursing staff is super important. By doing this, we want to avoid having a failed discharge, which is where a patient's readmitted within 24 hours because they weren't safely discharged. Okay. So once the ward round is completed, you can distribute jobs between you. Okay, so let's recap right from the beginning. Step one, talk to the charged nurse about any problems. Step two, print out a patient list and locate where your patients are. Step three, prep the notes before the consultant arrives. Step four, delegate jobs before the ward round to make sure it runs efficiently. Step five, see the sick and new patients first with the consultant. Step six, medicine reconciliation check the drug chart every day on the ward round. Number seven, have a treatment escalation plan for everyone. Step eight, have an estimated date of discharge for each patient. Step nine, distribute jobs between your team. And step 10, ask any questions you have to the consultant now. You may not see them for the rest of the day after the ward round. Make sure you have their bleep number so you can contact them if you have any problems. So that concludes my 10 tips on how to do a ward round. Join us next time for more tips for new doctors. Good luck and take care. Bye.